Welcome to the Be Disciples podcast. This is episode 39 with your hosts, Kyle Wolfs and Dakota Smith. How are things going, Dakota? Good, man. Hey, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys for a minute. Oh, man. How are we doing, bro? We're doing pretty good. Had that draft (laughs) happen a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Micah Parsons. Yeah, pretty excited. I'm glad uh, they stuck with a plan this draft, which was to make the defense better. Yeah. Uh, and, and really that's most of who they picked. They picked, I think an O-lineman and, and a wide receiver, but the rest of their picks were all defensive players. Yeah. So I'm excited for it. I think, uh, you know, obviously you can improve teams through the draft, but you know, uh, but they are rookies. So there's going to be some growing, but I think Micah Parsons may be, uh, you know, NFL ready and, and, uh, ready to fill that gap at linebacker. I think he's the best defensive player in the draft overall. What I loved most is when you saw Stephen A., who's a Cowboys hater. So mad. So mad because he had to admit Micah Parsons might bring the Cowboys back to relevance. I loved hearing that. <laughs> and we're also we're waiting for uh, the NFL schedule to come out too. Yeah. By the time you listen to this, you'll know the NFL schedule. But we do know week one, Yeah, which is the Dallas Cowboys against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thursday night football. Thursday night football. So. Yep. Uh, maybe Dak Prescott can put a stamp on the season and say, "This That'd is my be, this is my season." Yeah, uh, that would be nice. I know Tom Brady's old, but we know that he can still win Super Bowls. So obviously, um, <laughs> <laughs> so beating them and the Buccaneers have a great defense. So yeah, uh, we're gonna have to play good football. But we're excited, uh, as you know, we are in Kansas. Yeah, and the Dallas Cowboys will be playing at Arrowhead Stadium. They're this coming year, to Kansas City, uh, which means uh, Dakota and I will be fine. <laughs> we will. We will not be out watching that on TV. No, Lord, we, well, we will. Lord willing, Lord, Lord willing. But we want to go to that game really bad. Oh, yeah. It's fun. That's one of the bummers about COVID is you and I have always really enjoyed sports and competition. And, uh, you know, over the years, I, I can say I've become less and less and less fanatic. Um, but it's it's still fun to have good competition and to sit around with a bunch of guys and to watch a game and just to build relationships. That's what I enjoy most yeah, I mean, about in, it. In Arizona, I mean, we went to, I mean, probably almost everything, right? Uh, uh, Arizona State football games, uh, the Cardinals, the Phoenix Suns, yeah, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. So um, we have yet to really experience the sports scene in Kansas City because of COVID. So I'm right. excited to get to some Kansas City Royals games and some Chiefs games and kind of be a part of see what that's like. Yeah, um, you know, we've been to Texas, we've uh, been to Dallas Cowboys Stadium, uh, so I'm excited to see another atmosphere and and a group of people and how they do football yeah. as fans. So I always enjoy those environments because I think every stadium is different. Every group, every fan base is different. So it's just fun to go and see and watch and, and meet new people. Yeah. We always say this on the show, <laughs> but truthfully, it's a great tool to be able to just start up conversation. You got the weather, which gets old talking about in Kansas because the weather is always different here. But if you can just have somewhat of a pulse on the sports world, it, it's an icebreaker that can get you to a deeper discussion. And I use it often. Okay. I, I mean, it's not like just every now and then. I, I use it often to start the conversation, to show the person that I, I just care about them. You build camaraderie and you can talk about deeper things. Yeah. It's a great tool. So It is. And, and most time, you know, someone's going to be wearing a, a shirt of some sport yeah. or a hat or a 
you can talk you know, trash to or them. bumper sticker or yeah. whatever. So you can notice, uh, but I have run into a few times where, you know, someone's wearing a sports team shirt and I'm like, Oh, Hey, yeah. blah, blah, blah about this team. And they're like, I'm just wearing the shirt. I don't really watch sports. And you're like, now this is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, That's the worst. What do you like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are you into? Uh, <laughs> basket weaving? <laughs> Actually, that's pretty cool. But underwater basket weaving? <laughs> that's what I meant. Yeah. So, yeah, it can it can definitely lead to good conversation, which leads to relationship, which leads <clears throat> to either sharing the gospel or discipleship. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So today we're going to continue Mark chapter six. Yes. Uh, we just left off really in the middle of a story a little bit of John the Baptist's death right. uh, and the circumstances surrounding his death. And so that's where we're going to pick up, but I'm going to go ahead and pray for us uh, before we get started. And then I'll read the passage. All right. Dear Lord, thank you for um, this podcast and thank you for all the listeners and uh, just bless this time as we have a conversation about your word, as we go through uh, verse by verse and and really just discuss and, and talk about um, you, Lord. And, and everything that points to the cross and to the resurrection. And so I pray for all of our listeners as well. Uh, just prepare their hearts and that they will learn and grow um, from this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to actually start in verse 14 uh, because last week we finished at verse 20. But just for the background story to give some context, I'll, I'll at least read 14 to 20 and then we'll officially start in 21. And King Herod heard of it for his name and... and What he was hearing was that Jesus' disciples were going out and doing extraordinary things. And King Herod heard of it, for his name had become well known, and people were saying, John the Baptist has arisen from the dead, and that is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others were saying, he is Elijah, and others were saying, he is a prophet like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he kept saying, John, whom I beheaded, has risen. It's almost like there's this fear in his voice. Uh, Really, the person he's hearing about is Jesus. But verse 17, for Herod himself had sent and had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And we noted there that John the Baptist had continually been calling him out on this sin. Verse 19, Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death and could not do so. For Herod was afraid of John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. And when he heard him, he was very perplexed, but he used to enjoy listening to him. Here's our passage proper, verse 21. A strategic day came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his lords and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. So all of the who's who in the area of Galilee. And when the daughter of Herodias herself came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. And the king said to the girl, ask me for whatever you want and I will give it to you. And he swore to her, whatever you ask of me, I will give it to you up to half of my kingdom. How impulsive. And she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? And she said, the head of John the Baptist. Immediately she came in a hurry to the king and asked, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And although the king was very sorry, yet because of his oaths and because of his dinner guests, he was unwilling to refuse her. Immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded him to bring back his head. And he went and had him beheaded in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl 
and the girl gave it to her mother. That's gross. When his disciples heard about this, they came and took away his body and laid it in a tomb. The apostles gathered together with Jesus, and they reported to him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. For there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. They went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. So a lot there from 21 to 32. Yeah. So we have this event that Herod puts on, right? For his birthday. Right? Clubbing Uh, in Vegas. Yeah. He's pretty much, yeah, let's have a party. Mm -hmm. We're bring all the... Very immoral. Yeah, bring all of the uh, people that are powerful, pretty much, uh, around him and have a good time. Then we have Herodias' daughter. Yeah. Who we know that he's... You know, getting with Herodias, yes. right? And then here's <laughs> That's very professional of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's got a side thing going, side piece, and uh, yes. and so the is the daughter comes in and dances for them. Yeah. Now this isn't some dance recital. Nope. This is like dancing in Vegas, right? Yep. Like That's we exactly just said, it um, and it's his niece. Yeah. I mean, he took his brother's wife. Right. This has to be his niece. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, and so she comes in, and he's pleased by it yeah and pretty much says ask me for whatever you want right i'm sure he's been drinking i'm sure there's temptation i'm sure there's all these things Uh, herod pretty much does what he wants so yes uh and he says i'll give it to you so um pretty much we have her go back and talk to her mother uh, about this um which we kind of see some maybe some deceit in the first place the fact that she was dancing anyways yeah um and there was an intention there there was an intention and then there was definitely um you know some deceit in it and then she goes back asks her mother and her mother knows exactly what she wants yeah uh so i just think the scene is for one it is kind of gross right uh, we have herod who's you know really um his flesh is is in control um, he's, he's just allowing whatever pleases him to happen and it kind of gets him backed up into a corner. It's almost unbelievable. Like when you read the story, that's the, <laughs> the, no, ten- it's, it's literally a TV drama. Yeah. Like this is a great episode for TV Yes, because this happens in TV all the time. Right. right? These crazy dramatic scenes of right. people who shouldn't be with each other. Like, who does that really happen? Friendships. Right. It's like, uh, you know, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, you know, they're all sleeping with each other type of situation where right. it's like, is this real? Yeah. Uh, but Herod, you know, he does what he wants. Yes. And so the, he kind of gets put in this situation to where he's got to come through mm-hmm. with because he said he would do pretty much whatever up to half of his kingdom. Right. So now he's kind of stuck in this place where he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to kill John, mm-hmm. uh, but he's also not willing to look weak in front of all the people. Um and so his his status, his ability to be strong and to do what he wants and to come through with his word is more important, um, really, than what John's been saying. So something that I'm pondering on in the text here, and again, by the way, if you're listening, the point of why we're doing this series here in the book of Mark is to teach you how to have natural conversations through the word of God before you go and disciple another person. So use this as a resource. But, you know, you have to continue to look at where this text is being placed in view of what's on the back, the front end and the back end of this text. We know from the last chapter that Jesus has uh, had a number of experiences healing others. 
we know as you approach verses 33 onward here in the rest of chapter 6, uh, excuse me, chapter 5 was about the, the healing, sorry. But as you approach verse 33 onward to finish chapter 6, you, you see the 5,000 fed. And you also see the disciples taking John the Baptist's body and doing something with it. It's almost as if in the midst of these very service-like opportunities, all connected to faith, you see this natural contrast of darkness. Uh, the persecution of the righteous. Jesus said, blessed are you when you're persecuted for my name's sake. Uh, it, it's a sign that you're not of the world necessarily. But the Bible's also giving you information indirectly. It's telling you what the leadership of the world was like at that time. Mm-hmm. Very impulsive, very immoral. It kind of brings you back to some of the events of today. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, these... I mean, for one, they've got, they had money. They were, they were powerful. Uh, they ruled over lands and people. Mm-hmm. Um, they could pretty much do what they want, and they did. Um, and yeah, not very much different than today. This is kind of a, a normal thing that we see. But I think it shows uh, how much more important it was for Jesus to come exactly who he came as. Yeah. Not as a warrior, not as a king in the sense of a— right to take over lands, um, but to establish a different kingdom, right? A kingdom that saves and saves all and saves people like Herod. Right. Absolutely. John John was giving him the message of repentance. Yep. Stop doing that, Herod. Yep. Stop doing that. Stop doing that over and over again. Mm -hmm. You know what you need to do. Yeah. Um, and so this message is for everyone. It's for the powerful and the rich. It's for the poor. Yep. It's for the, you know, the needy. I mean, Jesus was coming for everybody, yep. not just one group of people. Right. Well, this narrative gives you a lot of information. If you refer back to the last episode when we covered who Herod thought Jesus was, Herod thought Jesus was actually John the Baptist. We've learned a lot about John the Baptist. We know John the Baptist was preaching a message of repentance continually to Herod. But what did we see Prior, in the early part of chapter 6, we saw Jesus sending out his disciples two by two, preaching repentance. And there's this theme of, hey, look, uh, verse 11 of chapter 6, any place that does not receive you or listen to you, as you go out from there, shake the dust off the soles of your feet for testimony against them. Where the disciples who were sent out two by two were rejected and it didn't cost them their life yet, there's another, I guess you could call him follower of Jesus, John the Baptist, it did. His righteous life did cost him his life. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to notice this theme. And it, then it's interesting to me, just the the shortened nature of verses 30 to 32. Uh, Jesus essentially says, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. You know, I mean, it, there's not much attention that's given to it. It's almost very mm-hmm. sobering. Jesus, he's not shocked that this is happening in a dark and evil world. Yeah. Yeah. I I think this story is very interesting, uh, the way it's put in here, um, and the way uh Mark uses it here. Um I, I just I just think it it kind of brings a lot of things together. It shows the political climate of of the day. It does. Uh culturally what's going on. Yep. Um, you know, it just it just gives us a little bit more of an in-depth look at what is life like right then and there right. at that time. Um, and then kind of back to Herod. I mean, 
we the 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 words being used here Herod was not happy about killing John at all no he was it says here I mean in Greek he was greatly distressed the same word used of Jesus's agony in the garden of Gethsemane mm-hmm. so John was or Herod wasn't happy about having to do this he was distressed there was lots of conflict within him he did the wrong thing and we know that yeah. <laughs> um and he's been doing the wrong thing but i think again it's he's one of those people where you see this inner conflict within him between sin and the truth mm-hmm. and and unfortunately sin takes over yeah. in this instance um where in other in other instances in the bible we actually see um truth win yeah. or them go to the lord and repent right uh, but in this one it's not what happens and so it is a very sad story uh, we know where John's going. We think, oh my gosh, John got beheaded. How terrible. Right. Well, John's in heaven. Right. Right. He's he's hanging out with God and, yes. and everything's fine for John. Yes. But really for Herod, it's not. Two things that I'm just kind of thinking about right now is number one, can you think backwards into the Old Testament and find other stories of kings or those in high authority making a foolish decision that maybe they regretted? For instance, I'm just thinking of Potiphar. You know, when his wife was tempting Joseph, I don't actually believe that he wanted to put Joseph into prison, but I do believe that he was confined by his status and all the things that were around him to do so. It was a part of God's plan. But then you get to the book of Daniel, where we know Darius regretted, you know, signing the decree because what it did was it placed Daniel into the lion's den, of which he was greatly distressed because of that. And the common theme you see throughout the scriptures in situations like this is the righteous often are uh, facing injustices because of their righteousness. And I think that's kind of the, that's the second thing I want to say. That's really the, the bent or the clue for you in the book of Mark that something's getting ready to happen. If this happened to the ministry that came before Jesus's ministry with his disciples, Something is getting ready to happen to Jesus and his ministry itself. It's like a precursor. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've got to pay attention to those little clues. Right. And for those of you who want to know what happens to, to Mr. King Herod, <laughs> uh, he eventually, him and Herodias commit suicide mm-hmm. uh, because um, his, first, his actual wife, <laughs> who he pushed aside yep. um, from a neighboring kingdom, her father comes against him yeah. and defeats him in battle. Uh, then his brother Agrippa accused him of treason against Rome, yep. and he's banished. And then Herod and Herodias commit suicide. So, not a very good ending to his story. Right, <laughs> uh, very much a tragedy. Uh, and he is a part of this story of John and, and of Jesus. Uh, but this, you can kind of see what sin can do and what it can lead to. And um, man, he could have turned around. How many times? How many times did John? give him the message. Yeah. Uh, he had the opportunity. Right. Um, and so, uh, but that doesn't mean we should stop trying. And I don't think God necessarily stopped trying. Right. He went, he went to Herod, he right. sent John. Um, and so we should do the same, uh, even though we may see people as evil or, or almost unable to turn from their ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus can turn them from their ways. He did die for their sin. Absolutely. Um, and, and it is covered if they choose to turn to Jesus no matter at what point in their life. So I think that's a good also message. Even though we see tragedy, uh, we do know that Jesus still saves and he saves the worst too. Something that I want to focus on here before we move on to the 
5,000 fed is verses 30 to 32. And just the nature of Jesus calling the disciples to rest. You know, in verse 30, they reported to Jesus all that they had done and taught. He said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. Uh, In parentheses, a parenthetical statement, there were many people coming and going. They didn't have time to eat. Verse 32, they went away in the boat again, repetition, to a secluded place by themselves. The emphasis is that when you're doing ministry, it's important to get away with Jesus. There were so many people coming, they didn't have time to eat, and Jesus was stressing to them, look, you need to get away with me in a secluded place, which means it's not just about gathering together and having dinner and watching a movie or something like that, but it's you need to intentionally go to a place of seclusion so that you can rest and you can be equipped for a new season of ministry. Kyle, you and I know what that's about. Mm -hmm. You and I often have to take breaks in our ministry to really focus in to prepare for what's next. Isn't that true? Yeah, it allows you to kind of get yourself out of the current situation and have kind of an outsider perspective on your own life a little bit, right? You go rest, you're able to kind of relax, debrief a little, uh, kind of get outside of it for a moment and kind of be refreshed in, in, in ministry and what's going on and maybe give you fresh eyes. Or I would say the eyes, praying for the eyes of Jesus really to see what he sees uh, is so important. Uh, and that's what Jesus is having yeah. his uh, disciples do, uh, is do that, is take rest. And even Jesus takes rest, right? And prays and fasts and does those things. And it's to focus back on what God wants him to do. Not that I ever think Jesus got off track or was going to, but he shows us that how important that act is of taking rest, spending time in prayer, mm-hmm. fasting, doing those things, spending intimate time with God one-on-one because uh, it it replenishes you for what he has next. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. That's just the reality. Really, it's just the yeah. source of how you're taking care of yourself. What does taking care of yourself look like? I think here, purely, it looks like getting away with God. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to do. It is. We're not, sometimes too much time goes by where we don't spend time doing that. Life gets busy. Other things come up. Um, That's, you know, it's a reality of life. I'm not saying it's an excuse, but it's just real life. We all experience that. And so we just need to make sure we plan that time yeah. Uh, just like we plan times to disciple people on our calendars. Yes. We plan times to do home groups, to be in fellowship with one another. We plan times to go to church. We need to plan times to rest and spend time with God. Spend time with God, spend time with our family. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, that I think this is a good place to kind of conclude. Isn't there something so humbling as well? So humbling about God reminding you that you do need a rest? Because if you're not careful without taking a Sabbath— God will discipline you because without a Sabbath, you start seeing more of yourself than you see more of God. Mm -hmm. If you stop resting, you run out of energy, and then your reserve tank, if you could call it that, is really your own efforts, your own self-sufficiency. And before you know it, you can get blinded and deceived to the fact, oh no, I'm doing things in the flesh because I have forgotten my Sabbath. And literally, I mean, if in the Ten Commandments, neglecting the Sabbath was a sin, then that's true for us too as Christians. Not that 
you know, it's the same in the New Testament. Jesus is our rest. It's not necessarily on a Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a single day. But the principle at hand is that we need to take care of our own walk with Jesus first. And what else do you notice? They just got done with hardcore ministry. You know, that can't be stated enough. It's like Jesus is saying, look, you know, you've only got a certain capacity in yourselves. You need to make sure that you humble yourself and you realize where your source and strength comes from. Yeah, I mean, here at Ottawa Bible Church, you know, we've, we have a lot going on. Uh, we have a lot of different things that happen throughout the year. Uh, from home groups to Awana to, uh, you know, every Sunday, you know, children's ministry now, adult Sunday schools, a breakfast ministry, um, all kinds of things that are happening. And the reality is no one is meant to do all of those things. No. No one is meant to do all of them consistently. Um, do we want people involved on a regular basis? Yes. But I, I in our home group leaders meetings, I always mention, hey, is anyone getting burnt out? Does anyone need a break? Uh, we go in seven week segments and two weeks off. And so, you know, if a home group leader is like, hey, we're going to take those seven weeks off and, yep. and uh, we're just going to take a time to take a break and relax and recoup. And then we'll start back up the, you know, the next go around. Yep. Great. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Uh, I think we need breaks. I mean, right now we entered into summer uh, for at least the college group was meeting at my house on Sunday nights. Right. Uh, we stopped that and shifted it to a different night because it's, uh, you know, kind of want Sunday nights just with my family. You want it back. Yeah. And so let's do it on a, on a weekday night. That's already busy. And let's, let's keep Sunday a day where we can kind of have fun and I can spend more time at home uh, with my wife and son. So it's just kind of, Hey, move things around, take breaks. Yes. Ministry. We want to, we want to run the race. We want to work hard. We want to finish but in the midst of it, there's still time. You still need to spend time in rest and with God. And so I just encourage anybody listening that if you feel burnt out by a ministry, it's okay to take a break. I'm not saying stop completely because we should keep going. We, we, have, a, a, we have a mission right. that God has given us, but it's okay to take a break. Yeah, there's two extremes. Those who never take a break and those who quit. And the healthy place in between is to take strategic rest so that you're never getting burnt out. You know you know what your rhythm or your cycle is. You know, okay, this is about where I start. This, these are the red flags. This is about where I start to run out of energy. Um, everybody's got a different capacity, different calling. It's different for everybody, different energy and enthusiasm. But look, at the end of the day, it's Jesus calling you to rest in himself. Mm -hmm. And that's important for the ministry. So, Yeah, so I uh, thank you all for listening. Um, and really the way you can support us, like I say all the time, share the podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, we just want people to hear the gospel and we really hope that you do too. And we hope that you're uh, learning from this podcast as we're just walking through the book of Mark kind of at a, a snail's pace. Uh, but Hey, we got plenty of time. We're just going to keep recording the word and, <laughs> and keep recording our conversations. And hopefully it's blessing you guys out there. We are on Facebook. You know, you can share episodes on there. You can check out, like the page. Uh, you can check out our website, BeDisciplesPodcast.com. Uh, if you want more content, you can go to OttawaBibleChurch.com, and there's plenty of sermons on there to listen to as we're currently going through a series called Did God Really Say? Thank you all, and uh, have a great week.